Hello and welcome to the Helios blog. My name is Helios here for another reaction video. Today, Jordan Peterson talks about red flags that lead to breakups in relationships. Let's get into it. The reason she's alone is because she's difficult. Women are not accepting the bare minimum. Women fuck men they respect. All the women who say things like, I'm strong, independent, I don't need no man, like, y'all impress me. Women just gaslight each other and say what they want to hear. There's little monsters, they pop up and you could whack them with a hammer, like whack-a-mole, no problem if you wanted to. But if you don't do that for 360,000 decisions, then they all aggregate into this looming chaos monster and the probability that that thing's gonna eat you is, or that you're gonna live in its belly, because that's where you end up. A very bad idea, and it's often the case that people just don't have enough time and energy left, or willpower, or character by that time, because they're destroying their own character. They're, they've had it. You cannot help them. You cannot fix it. They're done. They can't. That's right. So what is that? When you're in a relationship with somebody, with, with, with a girl, right? You have to assert your frame. I'm in charge. I'm in control. You are to behave according to my standards. The second that her behavior does not match up to your standard... The instant it happens, you must address it. You cannot let it slide. You must address it every single time. And it's hard for guys, right? Because a lot of guys are taught in 2023, you know, by everybody. Their parents, their teachers, their school, whatever. Uh, all, all social media, uh, TV shows, that men should just let things go. They should just be nice and peaceful and just put girls on pedestals and let them do whatever they want. But the problem is, if you let a girl just do whatever she wants, she will destroy you. A happy man is a happy relationship. A happy woman is a miserable man. That is Patrice O'Neill, by the way. So you can't just let the girl do whatever she wants. You must have boundaries. And actually, if you have no boundaries, girls will consider you weak and only terrible women will be okay with you. Keep that in mind as well. Now, sadly, in 2023, more and more of these terrible women exist than ever before. But that isn't to say that there aren't girls out there that you could be with if you have the proper boundaries, the proper frame, right? You must address the bad, disrespectful behavior every single time it happens. Now, if the girl is unable to change, unable to adapt, unable to cooperate, no matter how many times you bring things up, well, that's a problem. But if she's able to learn and, you know, be coachable and teachable, then it's not a problem because over time she will have really good behavior. But you must address the issues every single time. You can't let things slide. You have to think about the long term in every decision you make. If I let this go, five years down the line, what happens to me? Keep that in mind, guys. Can't be rescued from hell. Remember I told you about those experiments with the married couples? The ones that are going to get divorced, they walk into the little bed and breakfast and it's, Hi dear! And with a kind of no, no eye smile. It's like, that's a predatory smile. It's like, I kind of like you, but these are really teeth and they're for eating. You know, really, it's not pleasant. And so they're interacting with each other. Both of them are really nice, but they're not. They're not nice at all. They're carnivorous right to the damn core. And so on the surface, it's all roses and sunshine and like 
a, a little inch below, it's all like they're like if you could see their unconscious, you'd see two people with their hands around each other's throat, and their body knows that because that's right. So this is what happens uh, if you just let things fester, right? If you're okay. Oh, it's it's not that. If you pretend to be okay with every little behavior that she does, it's going to become that. Okay, let's do the shilling and then I'll explain a little bit about uh, about why. Go to my Patreon and subscribe, patreon.com slash the blog. Hit the like, hit the subscribe, hit all for notifications. Drop me a donation like Hunter M, Adrian O, and Tom M. Just click on more under the video. Buy my books at uh, bit.ly slash Helios Books. Shilling is done. Okay. So here's why. In 2023, women are on dating apps more than ever, right? On these dating apps, these girls are swiping on only the top 5% of men. So the bottom 95% of men, when they're in a relationship, most of the time, that's the only girl that's ever been interested in them in their life, right? Because of this, they're afraid to lose her. They have what's called a scarcity mindset or scarcity mentality because they have a scarcity mindset because of that because they have that scarcity mindset they're not able to fathom losing the girl they they, they don't understand that if the girl leaves it doesn't matter it's fine because losing your self-respect is not worth any girl right but these guys the only girl they've ever been with right in their life want something and they're not okay with saying no they, they can't say no and because they can't say no the girl destroys them so guys doesn't matter if it's your first girl or your 50th girl you can't just accept any behavior any treatment anything that she wants to do or say you can't just accept that and it's an utterly ridiculous notion to think that a man has to just take whatever the girl is doing and be, you know, accepting of that. No, no. You are the prize. It's your behavior, how you want your standards. And if you if you refuse to have standards, if you have no standards, if you have no frame, if you have no boundaries, you're going to be destroyed, guys. Especially in 2023. Okay, let's continue. Up goes the cortisol, up goes the heart rate. They're sweating away. You know, that's the belly of the beast. That's what that is. And your body, it's smart. It knows where you are. You're, you know, you can ignore it, which you do. You know, it's like, oh, this isn't too bad. It's like, yeah, it's, it is. It's really bad. It's really, really, really bad. And you do that long enough, it's like, good luck for you. You know, you've, you've polluted your psyche and your surroundings to such a degree that you can't fix it. And it, it gets worse than that because if you stay there long enough, you won't even want to fix it. You'll be so angry at yourself or the other person that you're going to try as hard as you can to do everything you possibly can to make it as bad as you possibly can. And since you have virtually an unlimited imagination for evil, it can get really bad. So what Jordan is saying is when you're disrespected, if you're not able to have frame and demand good treatment, good behavior to prevent these problems, these problems fester and destroy you to the point where you like morph your own personality 
into something not only you don't recognize, but something that's bad for both yourself and the girl and the relationship and your future and everything. So ultimately, what is Jordan actually saying? Jordan is saying that you are what you tolerate. What you accept in terms of behavior is what you get. If you're not willing to say no, which is the most powerful word and you need to say it, your favorite word needs to be no. This is not okay. I am not okay with this. I will never be okay with this. It doesn't matter how much you try to convince me. This is a no for me. So for example, okay, here are some things to say no to, okay? No to male friends. No to social media. So she's not out here posting pictures of herself online, um, you know, for for other men to see. Um, uh, No to disrespectful behavior, talking down to you, being rude to you. Uh, No to masculine uh, behaviors. All of this. And if you're not able to say no, if you're not able to call it out, if you're not able to resist, then you will be destroyed by it. Okay, let's continue. So when you get into a self-sustaining spiral at some point, and that's a, that's a hellish descent. And the reason that hell is bottomless is because no matter how bad it is, there's some damn devious, nasty, horrible little thing that you can do, that you will do, that will make it worse. So, you know, people who think that hell isn't real, they're just not paying any attention at all. Imagine that you are or were in a bad relationship. And maybe you weren't that happy about it. But, you know, it was better than no relationship at all. And this is a, actually a misconception. A bad relationship is not better than no relationship. No relationship is much better than a bad relationship. And I'm not talking about girls here. I'm talking about men. For women, if they're not in a relationship, they are guaranteed to be miserable long term. But for a man, that is not the case. There have been many men, thousands of men, in fact, because again, if you look at history, only 40% of men have ever reproduced. So more than half of men, historically speaking, have been able to live alone and be okay and not even have children. But for women, that's not the case at all, right? If women don't have children, women are miserable. So when you say bad relationship in your eyes was better than no relationship at all, this does not apply to men. Men are better off alone than in a bad relationship. So if she's not convincing you every day that you're in a good relationship, that she deserves to be with you, she's not convincing you every day, then the relationship is not worth it. She is not making the correct effort. Keep that in mind, guys. And then the person that you're in a relationship betrayed you. And maybe they did that because you actually weren't that happy with the relationship anyways. Maybe they did that because you're a little bit naive. Or maybe they did that because you were a little bit too easy to get along with and as a consequence, a little bit on the boring side. Indeed. And this, this is something that Jordan is getting at that's very deep. Men, you cannot be too agreeable. Again, when I say just letting the girl do whatever she wants, yeah, that, women are not attracted to that. 
Agreeableness is a feminine trait. If you're too agreeable, if you're too okay with everything, if you're too smiley, too happy, it's going to be bad for you. She's going to get bored with you. She's going to cheat on you. Because it's not masculine. Masculine is struggling and fighting and demanding and striving and reaching. That's masculine. So, if you're in a relationship with a girl and she's doing stuff you don't like, call her out on it. Tell her. Because, believe it or not, it's counterintuitive. Calling her out on a crap will make you more attractive to her than not calling her out on a crap. And I know that's nuts. Because we as men, we like there to be little tension. We like there to be little argument. We like there to be calm. But girls don't. If it's too calm, she will make it drama. So you might as well start the small fires yourself. And you can start the small fires by calling out the behavior you don't like every time you see it. And so, she's the one that's going to be on the defensive. She's the one that's going to be the follower. She's the one that's going to constantly have to um, live up to your standards and do as you want and um, live up to what you want and become the person that you want. A happy man is a happy relationship. A happy girl is a miserable man. And so when they first leave you, it's a catastrophe because your world falls apart. But when your world falls apart, you're somewhere new. It's possible to learn something new in that place. So you might learn, for example, that you should be a little sharper the next time that you go out with someone. Or you should be a little bit more careful about picking up on clues that your partner's bored with you. Or that maybe you should stop associating with lying psychopaths and your life would be a lot more positive. Okay, notice. Are you ready? Notice. When Jordan said that, because of course this is a lecture with stock video put on top. When he said that, who laughed? Stop choosing lying psychopaths. Who laughed? The men or the women? The women laughed. Do you know why, guys? Because women choose men with dark triad traits. Those traits are attractive. Those traits are successful. They choose those traits actively. When do they choose those traits? They choose those traits when they're at their most um, attractive, their highest fertility. 18 to 23 years old women, they choose psychopaths. Men that are very low in agreeableness, that have dark triad traits. And if you're wondering what the dark triad is, because I'm just saying it, but I haven't talked about what it is. Psychopathy, Machiavellianism, and narcissism. Those are the three. The psychopathy is like, I don't care about anyone or anything. I don't care about hurting anyone. I'm, the, I'm just going to do me. Machiavellianism is whatever it takes to get my goal, that's what I'll do. If I have to lie, if I have to cheat, if I have to steal, if I have to manipulate, that's what I'll do. That's Machiavellianism. And narcissism is, it's all about me, 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 me. You don't matter. Only I matter. And if you're not serving me with your every action and thought, then you're not worthy. That's narcissism. Women choose men like this, guys. Keep that in mind. The, the medium is the message. And stop thinking that you have the capacity to redeem somebody that is not after redemption in the least. 
yeah, that's the you know you know the song uh, "Don't Save Us, You Don't Want to Be Saved." Uh, it's by J-, J. Cole is the one that made that made that um, that that song. Don't save her; she don't want to be saved. So if she's that kind of girl, it's chasing Chad. You can't turn that girl into a wife. She's not a wife. She is a friends with benefits only. Keep that in mind. And what that means now and then is that when you fall into the belly of a whale and you're swallowed up by something that lurks underneath. Sounds like Pinocchio. That you can come out the other side transformed. And that's actually how people learn. Every time you learn something, you learn because something you did didn't work. And that exposes you to the part of the world that you don't understand. Every time you're exposed to a part of the world that you don't understand, you have the possibility of rebuilding the structures that you use to interpret the world. That's right. That's often why it's more important to notice that you're wrong than it is to prove that you're right. One of the things that you're supposed to learn in university is precisely that. It might be useful to listen to people that annoy you on the off chance that they know something that... Indeed. And by the way, 2023, right? Girls are choosing not to listen to the things that annoy them. Here's what I mean. Guys, just tell them the truth. You can't sleep around with Chad without consequence. You know, you can't be having male friends and expect to be in a long-term relationship. You can't be having social media where you have basically a for sale sign on your neck or, you know, Tinder or whatever. You know, these dating apps and expect to to be in a long-term relationship. You can't have three kids outside of marriage and expect to get married um, to, to a guy that comes and saves you from all your problems. And these girls, they're not willing to listen. They're not willing to learn from that advice. All they do is they they slap you, right, with their words when you say that, or they, or they call you an A word, an M word. You're the terrible person. What a bad man for telling me the truth, right? And then they end up at 35 alone with cats and boxed wine. And who do they have to blame? Well, of course, they're going to blame the man. They're going to blame men. When all they should have been blaming was themselves. If they tell you, you can use instead of dying. Talking to people who agree with what you say is like walking around in a desert. You already know everything that they say. The reason you're associating with them in that situation is so that they never say anything that challenges you because you're afraid that if you go outside of what you understand, that you won't be able to tolerate the chaos. But it isn't the case. People have an unbelievable capacity to face and overcome things they don't understand. And not only that, that's essentially what gives life its meaning. The Buddhists say life is suffering. Indeed. And you think, well, if that's the case, why bother with it? And pe- Well, why bother with it? Because life is suffering. You're not living if you're not suffering. And uh, there's a really funny uh, expression, well, not so funny, by, by uh, Schopenhauer, who I, as you can tell, I hope at this point, I like to quote, um, life is a pendulum between suffering and boredom. So, like, life is suffering. So why bother? Because that's what life is. If you're not moving, you're not living. If you're not suffering, you're not living. You know, another funny um, expression is um, if you feel something hurting, it means you have it. Right? It's a it's a good attitude towards pain. <laughs> you know, for for you older men there that have your aches and pains. People do ask that question, and they ask it in ways that result in their own destruction, and worse, in the destruction of others. 
And suffering is real and it's inescapable. Indeed. So the question is, what do you do about it? You notice in your own life, and, and you can do this by watching your own life. I often ask my clients to do this. Say, look, watch your life for a week. And pretend you don't know who you are because you don't know who you are at all. What you understand most about yourself are the arbitrary presuppositions that you use to hem yourself in. And you act as if those presuppositions are true so that the revelation of the full nature of your character won't terrify you. People hide in their own boxes and it's not surprising, but it's not a good idea because life is too hard to hide in a box. You can't manage it if you do that. If you watch yourself for a week, you'll see certain things. You'll see some of the time that you're resentful and annoyed. And those are times when you're either taking advantage of yourself or you're thinking improperly. Some of the time you'll be bored, in which case you're either undisciplined or you're probably pursuing something you don't want to pursue. And some of the time you'll actually be engaged in life. And the times that you're engaged in life, you won't notice that you're there. It's actually a very interesting thing. Uh, yeah, that's called a flow state, right? And if you've never experienced it, I do recommend it. Uh, the flow state is when you're doing something, right? And you're doing something that kind of resonates with your nature and you, 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 you disappear. You don't, you're so in the moment that you forget that you're even in it. You're just there. It's a beautiful thing. Right? The dis distinction between subject and object disappears when you're engaged in something that you find meaningful. The purpose of life, as far as I can tell from studying mythology and from studying psychology for decades, is to find a mode of being that's so meaningful that the fact that life is suffering is no longer relevant. Or maybe that that's, it's even acceptable. That's uh, very wise. To find something that makes you forget, right? Effectively... Uh... It's like, uh, how would I describe it? The, the goal of a man's life is his mission. So what Jordan is saying is find your mission. The thing that while you're doing it, it makes life and the suffering that we go through in life that makes it bearable so that you're not just miserable. Um, so uh, Jordan himself has said this, and I, I'm inclined to agree. He said, Happiness is not actually happiness. When somebody says they're happy, what they're actually saying is they're just not miserable. So find something that while you're doing it, you know that you're not miserable, making the fact that life is suffering tolerable. Because life just gets harder, guys. And if you're not able to handle it, then you're going to have to work to be able to handle it. Don't wish for a lighter load, man. Work for broader shoulders. All right. Um, let's go to the Reddit article uh, posted on relationship advice 12 hours ago. So the guy is 31. He earns nearly three times as much as his girlfriend, who's also 31. And the different approach to money is starting to cause tension. So let's read this. I've been living at my girlfriend's place, her apartment, no mortgage, for three years now. She has a daughter who lives with us. Already it's done. She's a single mother. Why are you with three times the salary with a girl like living common law marriage and she's a single mother. Like, what are you doing? I earn about three times as much as her and I'm living in her apartment rent-free. 
quote unquote. So naturally, she expects me to handle most of the expenses, which I'm fine with. I pay for groceries, utilities, fuel, restaurants, about 70% of vacations, etc. Since I work from home, I do all the grocery shopping and 90% of the cooking and make breakfast and lunch for her daughter nearly every day when she gets home from school and I try to make sure not to make a mess of the kitchen in the process. My girlfriend does most of the laundry and cleaning. I work about 60 hours a week, occasionally having to work until late in the evening if there's a deadline coming up. My girlfriend was let go from a previous job in September, took two months off and started looking for a new job in November, meaning she applied for two jobs that month. I didn't pressure her about it until January when I started asking her if maybe it'd be more effective to apply for more jobs at a time instead of waiting for a response from the company she did an interview with. During this time, I paid for everything, and she used her savings to buy new pieces of furniture. I admit I got a little upset when she used the last of her savings to buy herself a new bag. And a necklace. I didn't say anything because I didn't see a point of arguing about it after the fact. Recently, we had a fight because she thinks I don't have any long-term plans and goals. And he says in brackets, I'm just exhausted, really. I told her that I'd like to reach some level of financial stability, but even though my income has doubled in the past two years, I'm not saving more. Uh, She seems convinced that I'm saving a great deal of money by not having to pay rent. The reality is that I could easily save more than half my income, even if I rented a spacious apartment by myself. I've tried to explain that I'm currently bankrolling the inflated lifestyle of three people, but she wasn't having it. She complained that she's the one that has to think about home improvements, that she's the one who plans vacations, and started listing the the things she paid for, her car payments, pieces of furniture, painting the apartment, mostly things that increase her net worth, and which I directly or indirectly contributed to. Am I looking at this the wrong way, or is this really as unsustainable and unhealthy as I think this is? Where do I draw the line? Uh, You draw the line of not getting into a common-law marriage with a single mother, idiot. (laughs) Like, what are you thinking? Just go live by yourself. What are you doing? This, This guy is literally the guy we warned you not to be on these videos. Like, exactly... Guys, never be this guy. Now here's the here's the worry. He moves out and their common law married and he has to pay it, he has to, he has to give her half his money, right? Because she's accustomed to a lifestyle, quote unquote, or some crap. Imagine that, guys. Disaster. Okay, top comment here. Uh okay. This sounds rational, but let's see if it is. I'd suggest sitting down and actually computing what your shared expenses look like, aside from what you already pay for. Also include rent for a similar apartment in the area. When you have all your expenses listed out, figure out an equitable split that you're both comfortable with and takes into account the difference in your salaries, the fact that she has a kid, and other things like responsibility split. Then you'll have an amount you should both be contributing to your shared finances. Obviously, the rent is paid for 100% by her, but she should also be contributing to the other expenses uh, above that. I also think this will put an actual price tag on your contributions and help get rid of her unrealistic notions uh, of each of your financial contributions. It's also a good place to start bigger conversations about financial life goals and how to get there. As a side note, you should probably soon have an honest conversation about your financial values, habits, and philosophies, including what's up for compromise or not. Beyond your main problem, there seem to be bigger issues regarding financial incompatibility here. You guys have to get on the same page because financial disagreements are one of the biggest marriage enders. Uh, yeah, again, the biggest problem, in my opinion, is that he he's basically married to a single mother. So I don't know why you would choose this when you could not choose this. Um, anyway, your guess is as good as mine, guys. Just put it in the comments what you think. All right. Hit the like, hit the subscribe, go to my Patreon and subscribe, patreon.com slash the blog. Drop me a donation like Hunter M, Adrian R, Tom M. Just click more underneath the video. 
Go to my Patreon and subscribe. I think I already said it. Buy my books at bit.ly slash Helios Books. Thank you so much for listening, guys, to the end of the video. I really do appreciate it. Take care of yourselves, and I'll see you next time.